Hi, I am Kyle. And I'm Jeremy. And we are the Social Ninjas. Hiya! Jeremy and I both struggled with social anxiety and mental health overall. Now we both work to improve our own mental health and the mental health of others by sharing what we did to help our social anxiety and what we learn and continue to do to improve upon our own mental health. What we share is what we learn from our own experiences. We are not mental health professionals and what we say should not be used in place of or replacement of medication or your doctor. Enjoy, Enjoy the, the show. show. We are the Social Ninjas, and I'm your co-host, Kyle, and as always, we have Jeremy. What is up, Jeremy? What's up, everybody? Let's do this. <laughs> and we have a very special guest, Jeremy's cousin, Abe Heisler. Is that how you pronounce the last name? Yeah. So, just can you give us a, a kind of a quick intro, quick bio on kind of who you are and what you do? Sure. Uh, I'm Abraham Heisler. I'm a mindset performance coach. I work with entrepreneurs, mostly online entrepreneurs, and I help them to develop certain strategies that enable them to really reach a peak state or peak performance uh, in their business so that they can scale uh, and generate more revenue enjoy more fulfilling relationships and increase their uh their immunity or their health so all around awesome so uh jeremy and i attended one of your breath works actually today the same day that we were yeah. podcast i saw you guys out there how was it my my immediate reaction was holy shit and then you said, you said Holy shit, Kyle. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly my, my reaction. <laughs> yeah, holy shit. So you, I mean, you could probably do a better job of explaining breath work, which is one of the techniques that I use to help the clients that I work with enter into that peak state. So I'm curious to hear from you. What was that like? Yeah, so uh, I'm not going to explain the process because I, uh, I don't know. So I get, <laughs> so okay, let me start from getting all right. So Basically, we did, for people listening, you know, we kind of went through this, uh, well, this breath work, this kind of breathing technique that Abe kind of uh, guides you through. I think it was about 20 minutes or so. And yeah. for me, Jeremy told me some things, and I was like, okay, I mean, it seems kind of weird. I don't think I'm going to scream or cry or shake. <laughs> you know, just from breathing, I was thinking this was going to be like, meditative like relaxation thing or something and i was totally thrown off but I, I was glad that i was didn't come in with any like uh intentions on what was going to happen but how it was like for me was uh i mean after a few minutes of doing it my hands started to get really numb and my face started to like come in in like a, a circle of numbness and get towards the center of my face and became really numb Mm -hmm. and toward, towards like the middle to end of it, it started like I was shaking like my hands were like <laughs> what was it called the, the lobster claw I did do the lobster yeah. claw and I, I was shaking and, and I did cry a little bit uh, I think I already cried out all my tears from when I attended a mankind project on Monday but uh, I did I did cry a little bit and also I mean I was just shaking 
man, that was, it was unreal. I did not expect anything like that. I can't believe something like that can happen just from breathing. Like I was yeah. blown away. And yeah. Carl, I have a follow-up question for yeah, you. <laughs> what did it do for you emotionally? What state did it get you in? Yeah. So emotionally, it brought me to a, to a state of clarity. I related a lot with what some of the other people uh, were talking about as far as checking in kind of what Jeremy said is that kind of imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. And cause like, I know what I'm doing is supposed to be is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like I know I'm supposed to be helping people with mental health and like using my overcoming social anxiety as a gift and helping other people do the same thing. And I have all these high goals, but on the other side, I'm like, who am I to actually do that? Like no one in my family's ever gotten anywhere close to where I want to be. Like, who am I to actually do that? And man, that just doing that breath work, like brought me a clarity to like, yeah, I'm here. Like I'm ready to go. Like this is my time. Like let's go. I just yeah. felt so solid in what I was doing. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Great. man. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. That's what it is. I mean, if I could just dive into a little bit of how it works, the sort of neuroscience behind breath work, which, you know, for your listeners, I have many different techniques that I use to work with people, but breath work is my favorite because it's the most powerful, the most direct and quickest way to enter into a flow state, to get people to that place where they're on top of that mountain, they're feeling, you know, they're having a peak experience. Um, what's going on in breath work is that we're leveraging our breathing to enter into what's known as transient hypofrontality. That's a mouthful, but what that means is that the prefrontal cortex takes a break. And the prefrontal cortex is the part of the brain that's always questioning ourselves. It's uh, responsible for analyzing and rationalizing. And it's the, also the part of the brain that has the identification, like it, 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 it identifies your identity, essentially. It's your ego, right? So, you know, very often we get caught in analysis paralysis, we procrastinate, we, we get stuck in our heads. That's kind of the, uh, I guess, the, uh, the side effect of modern civilization, right? Is that, you know, we're just overwhelmed with information and it's just stimulating. We're actually, we have a hyperactive uh, prefrontal cortex. So it's great to do any sort of flow state activity. For some people, it's running a marathon, right? For some people, it's getting on the bike and just going for a ride down on the beach for like a few hours and you get into that state. But not everybody has the bike or the marathon or this or that. So if you do breathing for just 20 minutes straight, the way I was showing you, you can enter into that flow state and have a peak experience through that transient hyperfrontality. So that's, that's basically what's going on. Beautiful. And how have you used this technique? Because I'm going to vouch for it. <laughs> I love it. It's uh, it really, for me, I had so much talk that goes in my head. Like I'll, I'll know my mission. I'm like, this is my mission in life. This is my why. And then all the like chatter and, and resistors and what does everyone think about me? And I don't want to be judged gets in the way. And it, for me, it just sweeps it away. Like it exactly. really makes things clear. So how do you use this technique with your performance coaching? Cause that's, something I've never seen. Well, it's exactly as you said. I mean, everybody has a purpose. I mean, I believe 100%. Everybody has something that they're put on the earth in order to accomplish, realize, you know, for some people, it's just have a family. For other people, it's go to the moon. It's do something incredible, whatever. Um, what stops us from fulfilling that is that hyperactive prefrontal cortex, that questioning, that doubt, all that type of stuff, right? 
So when it comes to performance, I mean, anybody's capable of being a Michael Jordan. Of course, you got to train, you got to develop your muscles and your reflexes and everything. But, you know, as they say in sports, it's, I don't know what, 10% physical and 90% mental, right? I mean, even the sports pros know this, entrepreneurs know this, that it's not about just the systems and strategies. Yes, business is a lot to do with the systems that you put in place, but it's also the, the mindset behind that as well, because there's a lot of, you know, it, it, business is relationship based, right? And so you're constantly interacting with other people. And so if you have a mindset or story in the back of your mind saying, nobody's going to listen to me, nobody's going to buy my product, nobody's going to, then of course that's going to play out somehow in the actions that you take. It's going to limit your ability to take bold actions and get the results that you want. So a lot of mindset coaches help, you know, uh, work with people on that level just by asking really powerful poignant questions to help people develop more awareness to these stories, to these, uh, these things that are preventing us from really showing up and performing at our highest potential. What I like about the breath work is that it, it goes beyond talk therapy, it goes beyond uh, talk coaching, and it goes straight to your physiology. I mean, you're literally hacking your neurobiology, your neurochemistry, right? And so you don't even have to like repeat a mantra or an affirmation or whatever it is. It's like you do this breath work and immediately you're just in that peak state where studies show, there's actually been studies done on flow state that show that when you enter into this flow state, you're 500 times uh, more, actually, no, it's not 500, it's 500% more productive, right? You're 500% uh, able to incorporate new information, be more creative. You're just in the zone is really what it comes down to. And so, you know, I don't always have people lie down for an hour, you know, and do breath work if uh, they're going into like a pitch meeting or like getting on a sales call. But there's various different breathing techniques that you can use to leverage those flow states or bring you back to that place once you set the anchor, what it's like to be in that state. Can you take us a little bit into the journey of your kind of first time doing it and you're just yeah. how you got to where you are now? Totally. Um, I, so... I got into yoga and meditation like 20 years ago before it was popular before Lululemon and you know before like as my wife calls them the Venice hippies were <laughs> <laughs> were like you know basically influencing the entire world to to be in alternative modalities right um and when I came across breathwork it was about three years ago I was like oh yeah I know that you know I've been doing yoga I've been doing meditation <laughs> yeah no problem and then I did it and was like, oh my God, this is totally different, you know, which is why it's funny. Like when I see somebody like the other day, I walked into uh, some sort of yoga, popular yoga school and was talking about breath work with somebody and they're like, oh yeah, yeah, we do that. And I'm like, no, no, trust me, this is different. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. We like, she was super, you know, haughty toddy all about it. But um, when I first experienced breath work was a good three years ago, around the time I started my coaching business. Prior to that, I was in filmmaking, I was teaching film. And then I, you know, the thing is, I, I always knew that I wanted to facilitate personal growth work. I always knew that I wanted to uh, help people to, you know, I always thought it was, you know, reach a, a, I guess, a higher potential or, you know, just get in touch with something much greater than their limited selves, right? And I just didn't know what it looked like, whether it was like write a book, travel, tour, what, you know? Uh, but I got into coaching and I launched my business. And around that time, I found breath work. And I just had this powerful uh, 
I guess, just interaction of breath work and business. And it was almost like every time I had to make an important business decision or make an investment or make a move, you know, I was able to do some breath work and develop some clarity and I didn't have to go back and forth on it. Right. I was just like oh, yeah. super clear, like, Oh, this is the right thing. This is the right next thing for me. And, um, and you know, I, I met a, a teacher, this guy named JP creamy, who he's really interesting cause he's super East coast, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, I'm from New York, he's from Boston and he's not like, okay, breathe, everybody relax. He's like, yo, just fucking breathe. Like, come on, let's do this thing. And I love that. It was super motivational and it was like, very down to earth and uh and just kick people in the in the butt and i think that's why like when people come into my breath work and they're like oh we're just gonna relax and meditate i can't tell you i can't i don't even know the number but the amount of times somebody has come in to do breath work with me because i've led breath work for hundreds and hundreds of entrepreneurs and they most of them think okay this we're just gonna relax right <laughs> and then they realize, holy shit, we're actually going to work. And then we might have one of the, like, the single most amazing experiences in our life. Some people are like, I met God. I mean, like, there's all sorts of stuff <laughs> that happens, you know? But um, for me, it's like going into battle, you know? Like I really, you know, when it comes to these social anxieties and the stuff that you guys are working with people around and what this podcast is, is all about addressing, it's like, there's no time to fuck around. I mean, you know, life is short, right? And especially now with everything that's going on in the world, it's like, if it only just allows us to see how precious life is and how we uh, far too often take things for granted and, and say, well, that's okay. I'll get, I'll develop confidence tomorrow. Or I'll get over my social anxiety next week or whatever. It's like, no, time is short. We don't know if we're going to be around tomorrow, right? So when it comes to really, you know, tearing back the layers, slicing through all those things that are holding us back from really achieving our true potential, I don't fuck around. Like I bring the sword, you know, I bring the flame because <laughs> I really want to push people. I want to influence people to the place where they can realize how great they actually are and their life could actually be. Beautiful. I know it's interesting what you, I heard you say about you going to battle, right? I, yeah. I remember when I was dealing with my social anxiety and I still comes up from time to time it's it does feel like battle because yeah. for me it's would you say it's commitment over feelings like a lot of times our feelings just lie to us and keep us in the same place of just being miserable right and yeah, yeah tell me about tell me what you think about that well so Tony Robbins talks about this that we need to have emotional leverage to make a change right and well, it's two things. It's, it's the emotional leverage. It's that point of like, all right, I've had enough, like no more. Right. Um, you know, it, it's, it's only when we're pushed to our limit for most people that we actually make that commitment and we say, all right, I, you know, that's it. I've had it with this relationship that doesn't serve me. I've had it with this job that I no longer want to be in. Right. I've, I've had it being shy and, you know, staying in my bubble and then seeing opportunities pass me by. And unfortunately, you know, a lot of people wait until it's almost too late in order to hit that, that sort of breaking point, right? Whereas people that are super successful, they don't wait until that point. They push themselves, right? They're, they're, they're committed to uh, challenging themselves to being uncomfortable. That's really what it comes down to, right? We get into our comfort zone and then what's comfortable all of a sudden becomes unbearable. So in that comfort zone, we're tolerating right? We're tolerating the job that we hate. We're tolerating the relationship that sucks. We're tolerating the social uh, complexities that are holding us down from really living our most uh, 
I guess, passionate and expressed life. And, and it's until we hit that wall until something happens, COVID happens, or, you know, it takes like a September 11th or something to wake people up. And that happens a lot of times every single day in the, on an individual level. Right now we're experiencing that on a collective level, right? Um, so to speak to your point, you were asking about whether it's emotions or, or thoughts. I mean, I know, you know, we, I think you and I have talked about this, Jeremy. I, I've struggled with depression a lot in my life. And I'll go into a depressive state where I'll just be down, you know, for a long, long, long time, right? And if I don't do anything about it, like, who knows where I'll end up? I'll just like all of a sudden emerge from this sort of slumber and a year has gone by. And it's like, what have I done in my life, right? And a lot of people suffer from that. In fact, if my life is really dedicated to one thing, it's, it's curing people of depression, which I'm not allowed to say because I'm not a healthcare professional. I'm not a mental health professional. And depression is, you know, classified to, in, according to DSM, uh, you know, the, the manual for mental health, it's classified as a mental uh, disability, right? And so to treat it or to work with it, you know, you have to be certified, you have to be a healthcare professional. And, um, you know, I think that's true for extreme cases, but everybody has some level of depression. Everybody walks around with the blues, right? Everybody has that. A part of that is natural and normal. But the problem is that I think more than not, you know, more often it, it holds people back. It holds people down from really truly living an inspired life. For me, depression and inspiration are sort of the polar opposites, right? And so there's certain things that we could be doing aside from taking, you know, what are the depressing medications that they give people the, I don't even know the names of them anymore, but you know what I'm saying? Antidepressants. Like, oh, the antidepressants, right? Yeah. Um, there's certain natural things we could be doing. We could be looking at our diet, for instance, right? We could be looking at uh, blood sugar levels, all the stuff that I, like most people just don't know about this, right? Yeah. Um, we could be doing certain practices like the breath work, which gets you out of that fog, gets you out of that head, gets you out of that repetitive loop that plays in the mind, that broken record, and mm. allows you to see the forest instead of the trees allows you to get perspective, gain perspective. And then at that, in that, in those crucial perspective moments, you can actually make a clear headed decision rather mm -hmm. than making a decision, you know, while under the, uh, I guess the, the influence while under the influence of being depressed, if that makes yeah. sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Kyle, you got a question? Yeah. I mean, I just had a comment. I think is, I think for a lot of people uh, listening and maybe still hearing breath work is kind of a, kind of how it is, like a relaxation thing. I thought it was really interesting how different it is from meditation, which is kind of what I expected. It's like medicate, not medication, meditation is more of like, uh, you know, letting, letting go of control. And it's, it's not about like putting in effort or like breath work is kind of different or like you're, you're, like you kind of said, like the second half of the name is work. Like you actually have to work through it and control those breaths, which is something that was very, uh, yeah, it was very different for me. But I think that, do you think that it's, this is a lot easier for people than uh, trying to do meditation? Um, it's easier to enter into flow state through doing breath work. And the reason being because you know, flow is, uh, has a sort of pattern to it, right? It's not something that you just, it like, you're entitled to. You have to work for flow. Look at any athlete, 
again, coming back to the world of sports, it's like they have to train day in, day night, you know, day in, day out. So I'm tired. It's been a long day. Sorry. <laughs> um, but they have to train. They have to put in the work. They have to put in the hours, you know, whether, I mean, anything you do, athlete, comedian, uh, you know, you name it, any sort of profession, you have to master it, right? And after you put in the work, when it's go time, when it's game time, you have the skills that meet the challenge, right? If the challenge is too great, you feel overwhelmed and flat, right? If the challenge isn't great enough and your skills are greater than the challenge, you feel bored, right? So flow is that perfect meeting of challenge and skills. And it takes work, it takes effort, it takes resistance, and then it takes the letting go. So it's like the, you know, it's kind of like the breath in the sense that, you, you know, there's this inhalation where you're like working towards it and this exhalation where you're surrendering and letting go which is why when we do the 20 minutes of the act of breathing, uh, afterwards we have that 10 minute phase of deep relaxation meditation where people, even longtime meditators like, like myself, experience deeper, more powerful meditation than if we were to just sit down and just breathe and enter into a state uh, normally like that. So the reason why it's more powerful is because you're working for it. You're actually, you're challenging yourself. You're, you're being uncomfortable and you're pushing yourself to achieve that flow state with the breath work. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 It makes a lot of sense. It, it reminds me of the, the dynamic of happiness isn't a destination. It's, it's, it, it's a, a practice. Mm. Uh, I feel like people think you get this nice car and you're happy. You get this beautiful place like house to live in and you're happy. You get a beautiful relationship, you're happy. And it's not, I just think it's not true. Right. I think it's kind of like going to the gym. You have to work for it. You can't just, yeah. I, I went to the gym, I got buff and then you don't work out anymore. And all of a sudden you're like, why am I not strong anymore? <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly it. So do you have any, besides um, breath work, do you have any like favorite tools you use to either get out of depression or to get more into flow state or to just make progress in your life? Like, talk to me. Well, those are three different things. Yeah. <laughs> get me excited, Abe. Gosh. Uh, number one, slow down. Um, no, I, when, I'll tell you what I use when I feel depressed. Right. And, you know, I, I still, you know, I've done a lot of cool stuff. I still get depressed, right. All the time. Um, so aside from breath work, I do uh, primal screaming is great because what it does is it, it activates the, um, you know, what we were talking about before where it's like, you're no longer tolerating the bull crap, right. You're, you're in that place where you're like, okay, enough, enough of this. Right. So I'll take a pillow and I'll just yell into it and I'll just, you know, exclaim a curse word or whatever it is and just get my anger, my frustration out. And what's beautiful about that is again, with the prefrontal cortex, they're always trying to like protect other people from us, right? For instance, I want to protect my neighbors. I don't want to blast the music too loud. I don't want people to think I'm crazy, right? But then when I grab a pillow and I scream into it, I don't give a fuck what the neighbors think, you know, like I'm entering into that transient hyperfrontality, right? It's a very quick uh, and easy exercise. So that's one. Another great one is called tapping or emotional freedom technique, which is based on cognitive uh, behavioral therapy and acupressure. And you're basically tapping on certain pressure points in your body and you're repeating a certain phrase um, 
which corresponds to the feeling that you have. So if it's sad, you know, it's like, I'm sad, I'm sad. And you tap on these points that help you to release the emotion. And what it does, it's kind of like uh, allowing you to get into a third person perspective where you get outside of yourself and you realize, actually, I'm, I'm not sad. It's just, I'm experiencing sadness in the body right now. And you're able to actually release it in that way. So that's, those are, uh, the, my, you know, with the breath work, those are three really cool uh, tools, techniques that I use to get out of depression, but it also works for an increasing performance. If you're not in depression and you're happy, but you want to just increase your ability to perform. I like it. Well so, um, is there like any techniques for breath work that are like, say you're like going into, like you were talking about just a minute ago, going into a sales meeting, you're having to give a presentation and you didn't have like 20 minutes to do breath work. Is there something you can do in like five minutes or less, like kind of help you get in that flow state or? Yeah, 100%. I, uh, I actually have one that I crafted that's based on, um, the prime well it combines the primal screaming with the um you know with the the, the breathwork practice and it's basically a three-part in breath so what we did this morning was two parts so stomach and chest mm -hmm. so the technique that i teach it takes 30 seconds and it's stomach middle chest upper chest release and you repeat that so it looks like this should i demonstrate is that cool yeah yeah okay looks like this So you do that type of breathing and what I do is I build it up, right? You build it up, build it up until it's like ready to kind of like a kettle that's ready to boil over. And then I'll take my hands, cover my mouth and I'll just yell out into my hands, right? Again, not really something you can do when you're sitting at a cubicle, <laughs> right? You, maybe if you go to the bathroom or if you go for a walk, you can do it. But it's, it's something that you can do within 30 seconds and immediately it gives you this sort of like, um, what it does is it resets your, your nervous system basically, right? Um, the way I like to think about it, it's kind of like DJing your thoughts and emotions. And what I mean by that is very often we got hormones getting released through our body, especially for stress. We're in our cortisol loop where we're stressed. And so we start panicking and that release more cortisol, which makes us even more stressed. And it's just a downward slope. <laughs> and so about stressing. About stressing. just keep going. Right. <laughs> and so I like to, I like to call it emotional DJing. So you're stopping that record. It's like you scratch that record and then you throw on a different tune, right? So oh, yeah. in order to scratch the record, it's like you do the breathing and you do the exclamation or the, the exhalation, the yell into the hands, and that sort of resets your system. And then in that state, that sort of in-between state, you can actually choose, okay, actually, I want to be confident. And then you move yourself into what is, you know, like something that has you feel confident. And this comes from neuro-linguistic programming where you set an anchor. So if you're confident, like let's say for my people who do sales, they close a new client and they have, you know, a couple thousand dollars in the bank, they can then at that point take a whiff of an essential oil. <sighs> right? It sets mm. an anchor. When I smell this oil, it is going to remind me of that feeling of confidence, of power, of influence, <laughs> of money in the bank, right? So you got to scratch the record and get off that cortisol loop. And then you set, you, you take that anchor 
the oil or maybe it's a power pose like Tony Robbins talks about these, uh, you know, physiological power poses and, and stuff like that, whatever it is, but something that gets you into your happy place. Maybe it's your favorite jam or your favorite like dance move or whatever. And then uh, within just a few minutes of doing that automatically, you've completely reset your system and you're in a place where you can perform. I'm blown away. <laughs> He's blowing Kyle. He's blown away over there. <laughs> I'm telling you, you guys should do this next time. You guys, if you ever do like, you know, social thing, I mean, for social distancing right now, but when we get past the, in the post COVID world, when you guys are taking people out and like having them interact with people and do free hugs and all that type of stuff, like do some breath work, do some stuff to reset and then have people go out. And I'm telling you, it's like kicking back a few beers, but it's natural. It's getting higher in your own supply. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're gonna use this yeah we're, we're gonna start doing like webinars that's our next thing we just there you go. Gotta, no big deal we just purchased the webinar feature on zoom i don't want to brag <laughs> <laughs> get that dirt off your shoulder get that dirt off it reminds me of, it reminds me of that uh like cutting off that rabbit hole digging right i remember mm. there's this technique that i that a coach taught me once and it was just just yelling a, a random word like banana <laughs> like that so that internal dialogue goes, I'm like, oh, no one cares. No one, blah, blah, just all the negative talk. And I go, banana, banana. And I kind of just say it over and over again until I just like cut it off. Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, something else that I've uh, been doing recently that I like is that if I notice myself thinking something negative, what I'll do is I'll stop myself and I'll pull it out of my head and then I'll like put it in a bow and arrow and shoot it out, you know? <laughs> so I kind of, I, I make it like, I turn it into something, right? And I'll have fun with it. You know, if I feel like shit, like I'll pull it out of my heart and load up the shotgun and, you know, just like have fun and play with it and, you know, just get the negative emotions and feelings out, you know? I think the main thing here is knowing that if you feel shitty, it means you're human. That's it. It just means you're human. And you don't have to continue feeling that way, right? there's certain things that you can do to DJ, to, to put on a different record. And so, again, not for like people that are chronically ill and really have to get on some medication and, you know, have therapy to, uh, to move through, uh, you know, traumatic uh, blocks that they have. But I think for everyday, like most people, if you're feeling depressed or anxious or whatever, there's things that you could, there's techniques that you can use to, to bypass or to get past that yeah so where do you where do you see uh the breath the, the breath work mixed with the performance coaching where do you see this going well i my thing is seminars i i want to do in-person experiences combining my experience of filmmaking and uh taking people on an emotional journey through imagery i want to i mean i've already started doing seminars and we were supposed to do one last weekend but of course because of covid we had to uh postpone it but um yeah i mean i i'm i love working with people in person even though i teach online business i like working with people because there's nothing for me that replaces that level of intimacy uh the trust that's built the 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 power of what's uh what's possible you get a bunch of people in the room take them through you know a specific journey 
or, you know, not even in a room. I mean, with Mankind Project, outdoors, you know, there's different things that you can do. But I love working with people in that capacity where I'm together with people for an extended period of time and, you know, helping them to break down their limiting beliefs and really um, go through a hero's journey within themselves in order to have more, uh, more uh, empowerment, more inspiration and impact in the world. So I, I see you as someone who just gets jazzed up inspiring others. And that's, that's, that's beautiful. And I'm curious, like, what is behind that? What, is that? what does that do for you? I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just curious. I get high. <laughs> I, seriously, I get fucking high. I love it. I mean, like, I absolutely love it. I love, I, I always, always all my life have loved seeing people smile, seeing people laugh, seeing people entertain, seeing people move to tears. It's like, I get off on it. You know, oh, my hands up. I do too. Yeah, yeah. really. <laughs> it. It, was, it was beautiful. This whole like chain of inspiration and having people like step into their amazing. So Kyle did his first MKP meeting on Monday and I introduced nice. him to it. And um, Abe actually is the guy who introduced me to MKP, Kyle. Oh, man. That's cool. So uh, you introducing Jeremy got me into it. That's, that's a cool uh, chain. Nice. Kyle, you mean, what? No way. That's crazy. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to have such a, a negative impact in your life. Yes, jeez. <laughs> How dare you help me love myself, Abe? <laughs> I apologize. Um, that's awesome. I mean, Mankind Project, you know, it's one of those communities that ha was there for me when I was in a tight spot and super vulnerable coming out of my first marriage and I was experiencing a period of depression. Um, I think the other thing that's really important is connection. And that's like the number one reason why people uh, enter into depression. You know, it's that we're so segmented and isolated and especially now with everything that's going on. Although, you know, people that uh, are online are really banding together and there's like a lot of really beautiful displays of humanity. But um, again, just as a sort of, sort of side effect of modern living is, is that, you know, especially in the Western world is that we're so isolated. We don't have community. We don't have places to go to express ourselves, to really talk about what's really coming up for us and have, mentors, people that can, you know, hold us accountable to our commitments. And so any, any sort of community like Mankind Project or, um, I mean, I've been part of tons of different really beautiful communities. I don't, don't want to be here forever, but um, yeah. So it's great to have that. That's, that's absolutely necessary. Yeah. So, <laughs> changing gears a little bit. Yeah, change it. So you do breath work every single day? Personally. You're asking? Yeah. I try to. Yeah. I have a two month old baby, so it's not always possible. I but my, my morning routine is uh, before the baby was get up, meditate, do breath work, do gratitude, uh, do my yoga asana practice, cold shower, that whole thing. I'm sure that was Kyle's next question. What's your, what's your routine? Yeah, I always ask about people's morning routines. <laughs> <laughs> I love morning routines. Yeah. Kyle's, Kyle's working on a book for morning routines. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. That's some really good ones. I never read um, Hal Elrod, The uh, Miracle Morning, but I think it's all about that, right? 
Yeah. I that either now. Uh, I have a question. If uh, if there's a guy and he had a, a online program helping people with social anxiety and he's just trying to get it out there, what would your what would your advice for that person be? My advice would be to get over his own social anxiety and to start it. <laughs> no, he created it already. Oh, great. Um, so, uh, I mean, there's so much you could do. I, I don't know when this podcast is airing, uh, but next week, for instance, uh, starting what, April, what is today? The 10th? Yeah. So then 11, 12, starting April 13th on Monday, I'm doing a five day, um, challenge. It's basically teaching marketing and sales to online coaches, consultants, course creators, so on and so forth. And it's, it's all like the, the methodology that I use to start my business and get my first few clients and start making some money. Um, just having an understanding of how to market yourself online, utilize your story, your message, um, and you know, the Facebook algorithm in order to get your message out there and just, you know, developing the confidence and the skills to take somebody through a sales process. So, you know, for your viewers, for whoever that man is who wants to do that course, I would say join the challenge. It's absolutely free. Um, but yeah, I think more than anything, what I've learned about marketing is that get clear on what your message is and what your story is. And I know, Jeremy, you have an incredible story. So leveraging that story and getting it out there, like what you're doing with this podcast, whether it's through podcasts or Facebook or Instagram or whatever, it doesn't matter. It's all come, it comes down to the same thing. It's telling your story in a way that builds trust with your audience, where they know, like, and trust because they can identify with your vulnerability and they can connect with you uh, because you're being open and vulnerable and true and authentic. And that you've demonstrated that there are certain tools, there are certain resources that you have that you can offer that are going to help people solve a specific problem. So those things together combined equal <laughs> unlimited wealth. <laughs> First, I want to say I did join the challenge and uh, I will, I will, I'll be on there. And nice. Second, <clears throat> oh yeah. Second, when you're talking about story, I remember that video that, Jeremy sent me, I guess, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, your video that you made, which is incredible. Yeah, you told your story very well. And I, you know, speaking of being relatable, I really related to your your mantra of uh, we've cursed a lot on this podcast, but fuck it, <laughs> I can relate so much to that because I can remember um, <clears throat> like just being really like uh not, not aware but just thinking like everyone was like judging me and like really like yeah. self-conscious about like what i was doing and how yeah. people were viewing it and i remember my brother was like complete opposite like he didn't care about anything like he just went and did it and like if somebody didn't like it then he was okay with that and i kind of like i kind of studied him in a way and, and just realized that that was basically his mantra whether he knew it or not was bucket so that's what kind of what i adopted to my own life i was like i'm just gonna do whatever i want and then fuck it if anybody doesn't like it so i really related to that a lot yeah yeah i mean here's the thing about being a heart-centered entrepreneur so i you know i i to my clients i teach this thing about the heart and the sword so we have the heart energy which is the part of us that wants to connect with people and do good things in this world and the sword is our personal boundaries. It's our ability to show up and give that tough love, right? 
we have a tendency to be way like weigh the scale, like very, very much tilted towards the heart. And we have this idea, oh no, if we lean into the sword, we're going to be assholes, right? We're going to be pricks. We're going to be this, we're going to be that. But we're so far down on this scale here. It's like, it's lopsided, right? And so in some ways we actually have to like, you know, I, for instance, during my, uh, my sort of uh, my growth phase a few years ago when I was getting into coaching and entrepreneurialism, I had to lean so far into the sword energy that I, I had to practice being an asshole. Right. I had to, in order to like really have healthy boundaries, I had to have extreme boundaries and use my favorite word was the word. No, very wow. difficult word word for people. A lot of people, right? people to say, right. To say the word, no, because that's a sword word, right? Yes is like from up here. Yes, okay, yes, yes. No is like no, <laughs> right? So, um, so yeah. So that's just like that's that's what's so crazy. It's like our perception is skewed. It's off. You know, there's plenty of people out in there in the world where they're the opposite, right? They're they're all sword and they have no heart, and that's not the people that we tend to associate with. So. If you're watching this, you're a heart-centered person. Yes, definitely lean into your no, lean into your fuck it, right? Because that's what's going to help you to, to balance the, the scale in such a way that you're able to actually achieve your goals and really be a person of influence. Yeah. I want to piggyback on that. I, mean, I was reading a book called Nowhere Mr. Nice Guy. Have you ever heard mm -hmm. of it? Of course. It was, it was talking about Robert the Weber. dynamic. Yeah, I was talking about the dynamic of by you being nice all the time and not saying how you actually feel, you're actually being a psychopathic liar in a, in a way, as he <laughs> says. He said, he's like, I was like, what? What do you mean by calling call me a liar? Because when you're saying yes to everything and you're not saying how you actually feel, you're, you're not saying how you feel, you're lying. Yeah. And that's when I got like goosebumps. I was like, oh crap, I, I guess I, I'm trying to be nice and I'm lying all the time. So that hit me hard of just the dynamic because I, I went through that because, you know, having no, having no, no friends and wanting to be liked by people and just like yeah. saying the right things. Right. right. And that's right. like the, the new, like the new thing is just being okay with people not liking me. And I think that's the same with uh, in, in business and just putting down the hammer. Like, yes, people are not going to like you and that's okay. But yeah. I think that, the people that stick are the ones that are kind of like meant to be in your life. It's, it's well, well, that's it. When you take a stand, it's very polarizing, right? And most people don't because they don't want to offend anybody. I mean, that was me for the longest time. Most of my adult life, even now, I still, my default is to be a soft male, right? A nice guy. Soft male is a Robert Bly term from the book Iron John. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, the issue of the problem with that is that, um, wow, I'm really tired. I just lost my train of thought right now. <laughs> You're perfectly, perfectly imperfect. Yeah. Um, what I was trying to say, that's it. Zero impact, man. That was the point. And then I think I'm going to have to wrap up because I'm really done for the week. Um, I didn't want to have a negative impact on anybody, on, on people so badly that I ended up having no impact at all. And the reason why that's problematic is because deep in my heart, and this goes back to the point that we were talking about before, that everybody has a purpose, right? No, my purpose is to inspire people, to empower people, right? And yet I wasn't able to fulfill that purpose and achieve that level of influence that I've always wanted. 
because I was having zero impact. I didn't want to say anything that was potentially triggering. Mm. And so I know that I need to, at least intellectually, and then I have to do the breath work, the practices every day to get myself back into the, 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 the sort of physiology of it. Um, I know that people are going to be triggered by what I have to say. And that's a good thing. If there's people that are triggered for every person that's triggered, every time I posted something on Facebook where somebody reacted negatively, I had somebody reacting positively saying, Hey, wow, thank you. You inspired me. I really appreciate you. Keep going. Oh, yes, that's so true. I remember the first uh, video I did where I, I was uncomfortable and I just like called everybody out. I'm like, stop taking stuff from people that doesn't belong for you. Stop allowing people to try and display stuff that doesn't belong. And I remember I was so scared to post this video. I remember I had like, a, I was uh, staffing a, a MKP weekend in Australia and I was like nervous, but I had like, I was with a huge group of people in Australia who supported me doing it. Like, just trust me, Jeremy, let's do this. <laughs> and I did it and I was like, thought no one's gonna like me. And I got like maybe one hater, but I got so many people are just like, thank you. I really, really needed to hear that. Thank you. Oh my gosh. I've been like a lot of people. There was a hater, but like, it didn't matter. And that was no. such a powerful like moment. I think it's just, it's a, that pattern of your, it's not going to be as bad as, as, as your brain thinks it is as far mm-hmm. as going heart centered and just, you know, stepping on some toes if you're within your why, especially if it's positive. 100%. And Kyle, you want to ask your question? Oh yeah. So I know we're getting <laughs> just a minute. So, uh, just one message you can get out to the entire world what is it don't give up <laughs> keep going don't fucking give up I love it. It. My, my wristband here i don't know if you can read it, it says never give up well <laughs> oh, let's take a let's take a screenshot for fun. that's actually my wristband i i created that <laughs> <laughs> look in the bottom this is uh hold on kyle where can we ask it so where can we find you right kyle usually ask this uh my so my website's heislercoaching.com you can learn more about breath work and flow state um and you can get in contact with me and get on my you can download i have a free breath work course that you can get on heislercoaching.com so that's super useful i'd say sign up for that uh, I'm also on Facebook and I have a Facebook group called self-optimization for entrepreneurs. So if you're on Facebook, you can join that. And that's where the challenge uh, is going to start next week. Uh, the challenge to help people make money online. All right. So those two things. Cool. What about, what about Instagram? You have Instagram? We got Insta going. I just, oh, you know, okay. I don't want to confuse people. I'm <laughs> Abe Heisler at, on, you know, at Abe Heisler on Instagram. And that's also got a whole bunch of stuff on breath work as well. Cool. We'll get you on the sh- show notes. Um, well, thank you so much, cousin. Amen. A. <laughs> yeah. Love you, brother. Yeah.